BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, how's it going, Seahawks fans? I'm Nico Tamari, and this is the Como Sports End Zone. And what a time to be tuning into this. The Hawks, winners of four games in a row. If you follow this sort of thing, the election site, 538, you know, you probably, if you're interested in what's going to happen on election night Tuesday, regardless if you're in Washington or another part of the country, they do all sorts of polls there. But they also dabble in the sports world a little bit. And after that win over the Cardinals, they give the Seahawks an 83% chance of making the postseason. That's amazing. And then certainly that's not to say it's going to happen. We know better, right? We know that's just a... You don't want to go down that road, at least not right now, at least not to jinx any kind of you know win streak that's going on right now. But before the win over the Giants, it was 41%. And so each of the last two wins have bolted that percentage by a good 20%. And to me, that's just, that's awesome. This is what you guys have been waiting for. And some of this is going to sound like a bit of a broken record, but there's four things that really stand out to me about this team and what we've seen over the last four weeks. And, I, you know, I certainly hope this win streak continues. I, obviously, many of you do as well. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, it's started and at least at this point has continued with wins over the Cardinals. The Hawks just swept Arizona. And I understand the Cardinals have underachieved, while the Seahawks have certainly, in the eyes of some, not at VMAC, have overachieved. You know, the mentality at VMAC all summer was that this team was going to be a contender as they are. And not many people outside Seattle gave them that benefit of the doubt. Well, you know, I love that Pete Carroll had that moment last week where he said, that's a load of crap when people said maybe the game had passed him or this team by. Yeah. Well, you know what? That was a great thing to say, but he's backing it up with the way this team is playing. So it's it's really a great time to be a Seattle sports fan. The Mariners really teed this thing up, making that nice playoff run, ending the drought. We'll never forget it. And now the Seahawks have continued it. And let's not also forget there's another win streak going on here in town with the Seattle Kraken. They've won four in a row as well, going for five against Nashville. So this is something that is, uh, hey, the weather stinks outside. (laughs) Endless summer turned into no fall into winter. (laughs) And so let's embrace this, right? We've got the sports teams to get us through. And right now, that's the Seahawks. And and certainly, um, that's not a knock on the Kraken. It's amazing what the Kraken has done. Four-game win streak, second place in the Pacific Division at the moment, only behind a red-hot Las Vegas team. But the reality is there, yeah, there's still 69 games left. And you've got, honestly, about five, six months, really, until playoffs start. So, you know, that's something that needs to be sustained much longer, whereas the Seahawks are officially now after that win over Arizona in the second half of the season, in first place of the NFC West, and in first place by a game and a half over the 49ers, who are uh, still 4-4 four and four because they were idle this week. That's impressive. Man, I, you know, there's just no two ways about it. That is so darn impressive that the Hawks are in this position 
this late in the season. And we understand it doesn't mean anything unless they're there in January, in February, hopefully, right? But the reality is that, again, this team has just taken every bit of bulletin board material, and they don't air it publicly. You know that one comment we mentioned from Pete Carroll? It's not like he's standing on the podium, you know, the three times he talks to us every week and saying, wow, you guys were wrong. Or, and certainly when he says you wouldn't say that because most of the Seattle media was more optimistic than the national media, right? But you know what motivates this team. You heard Geno Smith in week one. They wrote, tried to write me off, I ain't right back. You know he paid attention to that, and that's okay. Every player's different. But to be able to do this this late and, and maybe, just maybe, turn this into something really special that we'll be talking for a while about is pretty awesome. So how did we get to that point? Well, that's a perfect time to talk if you want to check this out right now on the sports page of our website, comonews.com. We have my four reasons, Como four reasons, if you will, as to why this team will stay hot. That doesn't mean win every single game the rest of the way. Far from it, of course. I mean, listen, that would be awesome. But they're not. it's just somewhere along the line, at least once, probably more, they will get tripped up. It's just the NFL. Uh, it's all. It's just all to say that six and three is not a fluke. Will they go twelve and six? Yeah, that's pretty possible. I'm not saying that's going to be my prediction now, but you can see that eleven wins, ten wins, seems likely, right? So, how do you get there? How do you take this six and three start and turn it into something that is definitely part of a playoff team? Well, to me, it starts with this team. They always fight back. They always, always, always fight back. You can never count the Seahawks out of a game. And it may sound cliche, but you've seen it. You've seen it. From before the season, everybody counted this team out when they got rid of Russell Wilson in that trade. Everybody. You know, most people you're not, were like, okay, that means they're going to acquire another quarterback. We've talked about this on this podcast before, but... Most people in town thought, oh, let's wait and see. Everybody else? No way. They were like, this is it. You're done. No. Yep. Out. The Seahawks saw that. Pete Carroll saw that. Geno Smith saw that. These guys are out to prove something. They're out playing for themselves, obviously. They're out playing for the city, obviously. But they're out to prove something to everybody else. They fought back. They fought back against the assertion that they were going to be mediocre this year, and they're far from it. And that fighting mentality that was forged by erroneous predictions in the preseason has really forged what this team is in the fall. They don't take it anything without responding. Save one game on the road at San Francisco in horrific weather conditions, okay? Outside of that, this team is a bunch of fighters, and that is going to keep them in every single game. And you can go on down the list. That's not just this game against Arizona, although I will explain why it is. That's not just this season, as we just talked about. This is something that goes back years and years. Look no further than Geno Smith and his story. The notion that this guy was a backup for eight years and couldn't do it. His starting days were over on a regular basis, no doubt about it. Well, listen, this guy might be in in line for a pretty nice payday this offseason. Think about that. 
Hawk signed him to a one-year deal. I'm not going to speculate on the money he may or may not get and whether or not that would be in Seattle or not, but that's going to be a topic of conversation in the near future. Think about that. Who would have thunk it? (laughs) And that's a great story. But Geno Smith was a backup for eight years, and now he's in the MVP, legitimately in the MVP conversation. That is so special. That is so, so special. And it just goes to show you the fighting mentality of this team. Not this week, not this game, years in the making. Part of the identity of the Pete Carroll, let's always compete mentality, right? But, okay, you talk about those stories over the years, sure. It absolutely showed up, the, at least the the fruits of those labors, so to speak, the the mentality forged during that time absolutely showed up in the Cardinals game. Because you all watched it. Seahawks are up 10-7. Geno Smith, with that rare mistake, picked off by Xavier Collins, run back for a touchdown. And in the end, Geno was going for the swing pass. Probably should have get a little more air under that, maybe not even throw that ball. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> the guy is pretty awesome this year. 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. But there are going to be those rare and occasional mistakes. But in that moment, okay, you have that rare mistake from your quarterback who's otherwise dealing. And not only is it a mistake, but it's one that is returned for a touchdown. And an Arizona lead, 14-10, on their home field. The crowd comes to life. You're in the second half. You're down 14-10. That is a turning point in a game. That's a moment that is supposed to, anyway, shift momentum to the Cardinals in that situation. But then here comes this mentality. Here comes those fighters, those Seahawks. They know they're scrappy. Nothing is handed to them. And it showed. It showed in that moment. How did the Hawks respond to that really difficult pick six? How about they convert their next seven, which happens to be the last seven third down conversions of the game? you got to be kidding me. The Seahawks finished this game 10 of 15, converting third downs. And seven of them in a row, which is insanity, come after the pick six. And it's capped off with another third down conversion, that immediate drive anyway, the ensuing drive, if you will, on another third down conversion to Tyler Lockett, who made a heck of a grab at the 50-yard line earlier in that drive, also on a third down conversion, one where he was hit pretty hard too. Toughest guy out there holding on to that ball, my goodness. That's how this team responds. They don't get rattled. There's no moment that's too big for this team. They found a way to fight back, and they didn't have to look very hard. This isn't a team that, you know, you see, here's the old term, well, you got to dig deep, you got to find something. Well, the Seahawks found something, they just didn't have to dig deep for it because it's just right there. It's who they are. They are a team that's going to overcome anything and everything thrown their way. That does not, again, mean that they're going to win every game. But you're also never going to be able to count them out of a game. And that's just what we're getting at here. That's kind of the mentality we're talking about with this team. That's my first of four keys right there. They always fight back. And so even later after that touchdown, you know, it's 17-14. Then Kenneth Walker scores one to make it 24-14. You think this one's over. Well, then Arizona shows a little fight and gets back within three. But then here comes, I'll use the word one more time, the fight in the Seahawks. They find a way to respond, and it was it started with a 51-yard pitch and catch with Noah Fant. 
and it ended with another Walker touchdown. And did you guys on on the broadcast, did you see that reaction of John Schneider? I mean, how cool is that? How cool is that? This is a guy that took so much flack in the preseason. Whether it was the Russell Wilson trade and people thinking that they should not have made it. Whether it was the national media saying, is John Schneider crazy for starting Geno Smith or at the time maybe Drew Locke? I mean, that's probably the thing I love most about this story, the way this team fights. And additionally, the way that Pete Carroll and John Schneider are going to get these moments that are along the lines of, hey, we showed you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's something that's, that's just a sweet underdog slash revenge story. And it just so happens our hometown team is the beneficiary of it. That's what's really cool about it. Yeah, so I think that this is something that uh, you really, when I talk about the Como 4 takeaways from this game, here on the Como Sports End Zone, <laughs> um, I think it starts with that. It has to start with that. Because no matter the opponent, no matter the point spread, no matter the circumstance of the game, the Seahawks will always give themselves a chance to fight. They will not be blown out, barring some weird circumstance, okay? So that's why I think that, anyway, is the most important key or takeaway from this game. Not that we only just saw it in this game, but I think that when you see the way they rallied against the Cardinals, you say, okay, this team has fight. Well, where did that fight come from? Okay, then you start, you know, diving a little bit deeper, looking back further. And understanding where that identity comes from. Where did that identity come from? Geno Smith, it was years in the making. For this team, it was maybe months in the making. Maybe it was years if you look at the overall culture, for sure. That's not to discount that one bit. But I think that it's the most important thing with this team. A minute ago, you heard me mention the tight ends. Noah Fant getting that. 51-yarder. That was huge in that moment. And that is my second key we want to talk about here. The tight ends. Because if you're an opposing defense and you already have to prepare for DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the running game, more on that in a minute, a red-hot Geno Smith, and then you got to worry about a three-headed monster at tight end? Like, come on. You start to understand why the Seahawks offensively have been really strong, especially the last few weeks. All three tight ends combined had 12 targets in this game. Noah Fant was the overall leading receiver. Five receptions, 96 yards. And his most important catch went for 51 yards at a time when this team needed it the most. At a time when Arizona cuts it to within three, final minutes of the game. And it was that same play, right? Like, Geno Smith kept doing that bootleg play action to perfection. Ken Walker was so effective that it, it made the defense bite. And then you have a defensive end that's got to make a decision to go after Geno or guard the tight end on a route. And time and time again, they left the tight end open. And normally it was nickel and dime yardage, but important nickel and dime yardage for first downs. But ultimately, this play with Noah Fant was huge. 51 yards and immediately took all the momentum Arizona had away right there. Because even after that catch, even if the Hawks would get a few more plays and eventually score the touchdown to go on to win by 10, even after that catch, they had the ability, if they wanted to, if they worked it right, to run out the clock. And that's what big players do in big-time moments. And these tight ends, Noah Fant coming over in the Russell trade, another win, right? (laughs) 
But you'd be remiss if you didn't mention Will Disley and Colby Parkinson. They also had several big plays. Disley had a huge third down conversion after that Arizona pick six to take the lead. Colby Parkinson had a nice first down in the second half. And, you know, Parkinson's a big dude, right? 6'7". He can really, he's got a tackle body, but tight end speed. And so he can certainly block as well. These tight ends are really special. And it's not that you're looking at, you know, a Travis Kelsey, right? A Mark Andrews and the Ravens. Guys who are going to go every game for like 100 yards or at least be in that range, right? No, but you're talking about guys that have different skill sets. They throw different looks at you. And the Seahawks are using all three to just about perfection. And it's throwing off. Not just the Cardinals, but just about any team. But the Cardinals really certainly, like, I don't know what they were thinking, but they could not solve that same play. And, yeah, sure, the Hawks changed up the looks. It wasn't exactly the same play, at least. I'm not going to say I'm a Pete Carroll football expert because I'm certainly not. Um, I'm sure they, But I'm sure Shane Waldron, offensive coordinator, threw in at least a couple wrinkles here and there to make it look a little bit different in that regard. Okay, so the tight ends were stellar in this one. And, again, it's just an added dynamic, and that's how you have to look at this team. You can't look at it and be like, well, yeah, yeah, Noah Fant did have good numbers today, but like, well, the numbers aren't there. If you're a fantasy football player, you probably, unless you're in like an insanely deep league, don't have any of the Seahawks tight ends on your squad. You know, Disley had some touchdowns. Fant obviously gets usage. But in this situation, you're not looking at that. You're looking at what all three combined can do, and all three today – combined for over 120 yards, right, for about 10 receptions. And it's just another element that you have to prepare for when you play the Seahawks. Because you already got to prepare for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You already have to prepare for an MVP candidate in Geno Smith. And you already now have to prepare for these tight ends that can block, pick up your blitz, and very clearly hurt you in the receiving game as well. And that's a reason why this team is so hard to beat right now. Four straight wins. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that in the preseason back in the summer, the odds makers put the Seahawks win total at five and a half. And here we are the first game in November and Seattle's already surpassed that. So if you bet it, good job. You won some money. I don't know when you get paid out on that, though. Hopefully it's soon. Um, just for your sake. Okay, but and maybe you don't have to play the Powerball because of it. Maybe you do play the Powerball. And then you sign, I don't even think that'd be enough money to buy an NFL team, though. All right, I'm getting way too out. No, it's not, because the Broncos sold for $4.5 billion, and you could only win $1.9 billion <laughs> pre-taxes, of course. Um, before I get too far off track, though. So, we're halfway through. We've got our first key being the way this team fights back. My second takeaway being the tight ends, and not just at face value, but all the other wrinkles and reasons why they gave the other team nightmares. But let's talk about Kenneth Walker over on the offense. I mean, we don't have to tell you. Like, you already know. 109 yards, two touchdowns today, but it's the way he runs. It's the way he runs. Well over 400 yards since Rashad Penny went down. Still asking Rashad Penny for weekly advice, mind you. He's a rookie that's confident, but humble as they come at the same time. I mean, this kid is just so fun to watch. Did you know he had that big touchdown run against the Chargers, the 74-yarder? 
On that run, he hit 22 miles per hour in his fastest point. That is the fastest speed recorded by an NFL player this season. Unbelievable. They showed it on the broadcast, actually. So you got a guy with that kind of speed, that kind of power. Have you seen the dude's arms? Have you seen the way he runs over people? Did you see the way on his last touchdown of the game against the Cardinals, he dragged three enormous NFL players into the end zone with him? I mean, come on. That's just crazy. There's a reason the Seahawks used him with that second-round pick. And at the moment, we didn't know how severe Chris Carson's injury was, so it was a little bit of a surprise because you figured Carson Penny, you know, even if it didn't work out in 2021, one of them would be healthy. And it turns out it was the best move in the world because Carson, you know, is essentially done with football, at least for now. Rashad Penny's out for the season, and here comes the rookie leading the charge and winning games the way Pete Carroll wants to win games. Efficient offense, controlling the ground game, controlling the line of scrimmage, and never stopping that competitive spirit. I mean, that's just really cool. And Ken Walker's a big reason why. I mean, he's got that speed, he's got that power, and he's got a shiftiness. Watch if you have a chance on some of the rewatches or rears they'll do with the game. Watch the way he just like kind of gives a little shimmy shake and goes. I mean, he's just so shifty. He's so athletic that it's really special to watch him run the football. And I think that, I think, well, I don't think, I'm pretty darn certain uh, that this is the beginning of something special for Ken Walker. He's just got so many moves. And, he, and he's obviously only going to better him as long as he stays healthy. And that's why they drafted him as high as they did. Genius move. John Schneider and Pete Carroll absolutely nailed the draft. And they you know that already. We've talked about the Kobe Bryants, Tariq Wollins, Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, Boye Mafe, and now Ken Walker. Yeah, man, you know that. But he also nailed it in free agency, and that's going to be my fourth takeaway from this one. You know, look at a guy like Hushana Nuosu, signed by John Schneider in the offseason from the Chargers. He has seven sacks this year. His career high was five. And there's still eight games to play. (laughs) Think about that. He is thriving in this Seahawks system. A career high in sacks by two already. And there's still eight games to go. He basically needed half the season to pass his career high. And and listen, he's super talented, obviously. But when you have that drastic of a change, assuming those numbers continue at the current pace, that's a system move. And that shows you that Pete Carroll and John Schneider know exactly the kind of guy they need, obviously. And that Nuosu fit that mold perfectly. He is a perfect fit to be a Seahawk. And you saw it, and you'll continue to see it. But Kobe Bryant forcing a fumble today in this game. He has the NFL lead for forced fumbles on the season. I mean, it's just incredible. Newcomers, rookies. The guys that Schneider brought in, especially on that defense, I mean, it's certainly on the offense as well. What are we talking about? Ken Walker drafted, signing Geno Smith and rolling with Geno Smith. Noah Fant coming over in the trade. I mean, the dude is hit on everything. The guy is hit on everything. Executive of the year and head coach Pete Carroll, NFL coach of the year. Anything short of that, at the, if there was a midway point awards, would be a travesty. And whether or not those guys get those awards at the end of the season, well, that depends on how the Seahawks end up doing. 
a favorite now to make the playoffs. And that that's crazy to think about from the preseason perspective. I've said this before on the show. I predicted seven to nine wins and competing right up until the end for a playoff spot. And people told me I was crazy for that. Uh, it turns out it wasn't crazy enough. <laughs> because seven to nine wins, well, they'll hit that if they can beat Tampa Bay Sunday in Germany. So, yeah, the fourth and final key, the defense but I think it ties into John Schneider and the way he has molded this team. He made a monumental move and got rid of the great Russell Wilson, right? Yet here are the Seahawks 6-3, and three, and coming aboard in that trade is Shelby Harris on the defensive line. He's a menace. You know, the draft pick, one of the ones they got from the Broncos as part of that trade, Boye Mafe, is really setting the edge and doing a great job there. Great, you know, one-two punch with him and Yushena. Um Obviously, we talk about the rookies in the secondary. And there's a lot of guys here that are, you know, just this year brought in by John Schneider. And, it's like, you know, it's just insane. And what I love about this defense, it ties into the early point about this team not stopping and never stopping the fight, is the notion and the idea, the facts are right there, that they had some rough games. That defense did not play well. Yeah, the Seahawks beat the Lions, but the Lions put up 45 freaking points, <laughs> like, you know? Um, yeah, the Seahawks gave up 39 to Arizona, and Taysom Hill ran all over them. We know that. But they've bounced back, obviously, in this four-week stretch of four straight wins. They've kept fighting. They've never stopped fighting. And do so you see how this is all tied in together, guys? Do you see how this is all tied in together? It is so special when you look at it that way. I think it's just, it's it's amazing how you can see the tie-ins with this team. It all starts with that mentality. The not ever giving up and finding ways to make this thing work. Finding ways to defy the odds. How about Jamal Adams going down in week one? Right in that first half against the Broncos. And yet this team is... Really playing some great defense the last four weeks. You got rookies out there in the secondary. I mean, it's just unfreaking believable. So, I want to, you know, really wrap up talking about that because we can say it till we're blue in the face. You all see it. That's why I think this is a possibility of being really sustained. The idea that you've got all these different elements, you've got the intangibles, you've got the X, but you have everything you need. Great coaching. Let's see if it translates the rest of the season. And that, of course, starts Sunday, 6.30 local time in the morning against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from Germany, NFL Network broadcast. Um, really unique. After that, it'll be the bye week, naturally speaking. you got to fly halfway around the globe. That's usually what's going to happen. But let's see if the Seahawks can enter the bye week 7-3, 70% of their games. That would be freaking phenomenal. Um, it's really cool when you look at it that way. Because that's what's on the table. Tampa did get a huge win this weekend over the Rams. And maybe they're starting to heat up. But ultimately, you know, the Seahawks, hottest team in the NFL right now, man. And I think that, you know, it's everybody's going to look at the Bills, the Chiefs, those teams, right? Here are these Seahawks knocking off the Giants, knocking off the Cardinals in a season sweep, beating the Chargers who are pretty darn good. This is a team that is sneaky to the rest of the country, but they shouldn't be sneaky because they're just that good. 
421 total yards against the Cardinals, only giving up 262 yards. Yeah, I think that'll do it. Geno Smith, 275, two touchdowns. Yeah, the guy's got it. This team has everything it takes, and I'm really intrigued to see how that defense responds to a tough test of playing, you know, the savviest of savvy all-time quarterbacks in Tom Brady. Let's see how they respond to that. I'm optimistic about it, but, you know, you have to admit it's a point of intrigue to see those Seahawks rookies, Woolen and Brian, as talented as they are, you know, tested by the great Tom Brady. Let's see how that turns out. Let's see how it turns out. There's no reason to suspect it's going to be bad or good. It's just, okay. For a rookie class that's passed every test, yeah, that's a pretty cool next step. And if you win that step, it's almost like you don't want to stop playing. You don't want the bye week, even if you are flying literally on the other side of the world <laughs> to play the game. You know, you're looking at it like, okay, let's stay right out. Let's, let's keep playing. I think that's going to be really special to look at. And I think that overall, this team has not played its best football yet. That's not a knock on what they've done the last month. It's just to say, like, hey, like, watch these guys. You can see them getting better every game. You know, in the in the Falcons game, in the Saints game, if that set of circumstances like we saw today happens, they probably lose like they I mean they lost the game anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Like that would have been the death blow. Well, here we are a few weeks later, and that same scenario where you have the rare but big mistake didn't bother. Obviously you don't want to see it happen, but they bounced right back. And that's the sign of a championship team. That is the sign of a team that's going to be around in 2023. And I can't wait to be there doing this show. We'll do a video version of it by then, I promise you. We've got some things in the works here at Como, and I can't wait to show you those. But for now, you just have to listen to my voice, which is probably annoying enough. On that note, we're going to wrap things up here. Hey, let's go, Hawks. Como Sports End Zone, you can obviously find this where you found it, but we'll also post it on the sports page of our website, comonews.com, and we'll get it going a little bit later this week as well. Hawks, 6-3, and 3-2 three, three and two away from Lumen Field. And most importantly, at least in this minute, when you look at the standings, 6-3 and three with a game-and-a-half lead, a four-game win streak, which is, believe it or not, not the best in the NFL because the Eagles are undefeated 8-0, so that's an eight-game win streak, and the Vikings are 7-1 and one with a six-game win streak. But it is, but it is the third-best win streak in the NFL, and it belongs to your Seattle Seahawks. I'm Nico Tamurian, and that was the Como Sports End Zone.